Hi, and welcome to the Bible Belt Bros, hosted by Luke and Daniel, where we call to the church to stand up and step out in obedience to God. Thank you for tuning in today. We're excited to have you here. I hope this finds you blessed in the Lord, and without further ado, here is this week's episode of the Bible Belt Bros. What's up, everybody? We're here with another episode of the Bible Belt Bros. Daniel, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about sin and why it is not okay. okay. And we're talking about that. What is sin? Okay, so sin is pretty much anything that goes against God's word and anything that God says is good to do. So it can look like either breaking God's laws and like doing what he says not to do or disobeying him and not doing what he's telling us to do like examples like spreading the gospel and being a witness everywhere um and so that's what sin is why is sin not okay daniel well it's not okay first of all because it is direct disobedience to god i mean that's what we're made to do we're made to worship and obey god and because he's perfect and powerful and majestic disobeying him is a Terribly, terribly wrong thing to do. And it leaves us dead. It doesn't just leave us broken. It leaves us dead. And so it's very important to know what sin is, especially as believers. I mean, if we have to know what sin is if we follow Christ. Because we have to know of our sin and our death to God if we want to be reconciled and brought back to life with him. Right. And... And it's some, it's a common theme we see within like especially in our age of students like college students and young adults and all throughout the American church people are saying oh yeah sin's okay um because as long as you turn to Christ it's okay um and and there's a dividing line a fine dividing line between those two things like sin is not okay but God does redeem you from sin there's like it's a partial truth right there because sin is not okay um, but God does redeem you from your sin if you turn your life over to Him and that's that's the the big dividing line. I already said that a couple of times, but I just want to hit that home. But one example I've seen it in like my own life is just at camp. I know future camps is awesome, church camp is awesome, but a lot of times we encourage students to like like sin is okay, guys, um, as long as you turn from it. But no, sin is not okay because it leaves you for death. It destines you for hell. It's not okay. Sin is a bad thing. You need to abstain from and and quit. It's not just something you can be involved in for a few years and then get out of it because Christ is going to come and, and, and abolish it from you. It's, it's not okay. It takes you away from the presence of God. It takes you away from his love and his holiness and his perfection and his righteousness and all of those things that make him and us good. It takes us away from that. Have you seen it any time in your life, Daniel? Uh, I definitely have. Uh, first of all, you know, in churches that preach prosperity gospel, um, you know, it's taught that we're good people. First of all, uh, which is very false. Um, we're not good people. We are dead people. Uh, we we are uh, so far from God. And because we have sinned, because we have disobeyed, because we have lied, because we have murdered people in our hearts, uh, because we have stolen, because, first of all, we didn't put God at the top of our lives. We have sinned. And I've seen this idea that, oh, it's okay whatever you do, you know, as long as you love God and you love people, you know, oh, it doesn't matter what else you do. And I've seen this here in America. I've seen it at the church in Egypt. I've seen it at the church in Cambodia. I, I've seen it. I've seen it all over the world. And it, it, it breaks my heart to, to see people who don't even understand how severe 
sin is because it, it is so severe that it, it leaves us dead and it, it breaks my heart to see that that you know we don't understand how important it is to turn away from it so yeah i've seen it right um and i think a good place to start with this episode is talk about like where sin began um and if you have your Bible with you, you can turn to Genesis three with us. If not, that's perfectly fine. We're going to read through some of it and summarize some of the some of the passages. But in Genesis three, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this passage preached time and time again about how sin entered the world. But I just want to read a few verses um, and then really just kind of summarize what it says and and how sin entered humanity. Um, and looking at the start of chapter three and verse one, it says, "Now the servant was the most cunning of all wild, of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made." He said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. She took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And from verse 8 on through the end of chapter 3, it really just talks about the punishment that Adam and Eve and the serpent had to go through because of their sin. Um, but in this, in verses 1 through 7, that's the, the first evidence of sin in the world. It's when Satan says to Eve, did God really say this? Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? To answer that question, yes, he did. Or not from any tree. Rather, you can't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. But Satan was trying to trying to um, stoke down Eve's mind and be like, look, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And it, it started Eve's thought process of maybe God didn't say exactly what Adam said to me. Um, and that doubt started to, started a snowball effect in Eve's mind. And like, maybe God didn't say that. Maybe God just said, try not to eat from this tree. Or maybe for this time, for a period of time, don't eat from this tree. Um, but the bottom line is Eve was, Eve was deceived. And it was because of Satan's doubt that he put into Eve's mind. Um, and that really just started the cascade, the snowball effect for all of humanity, us being destined and us being born into a life of sin that, that leaves us broken and leaves us dead. Um, you have anything to, add, anything to add on that part, Daniel? Yeah. I mean, um, you see the when you talk about you know the effect that even happens after when uh when they know they knew of their nakedness uh when God was walking through the garden they tried to hide themselves and they tried to cover it up you know and then Adam when he was called to answer played the blame game you know mm-hmm. uh not and he, he was basically you know lying to God like hey yo it wasn't my fault it was it was hers this person you gave me um. And immediately, you know, it, it, sin leads to sin. And we see that so clearly here that they didn't just disobey God and, and eating from the tree, but they also lied because then Eve also blamed the serpent. And in the end, you know, we're the ones who sin. It's our responsibility. It's not anyone else's. No one made us do anything. We are responsible for our sin. Right. Um, one thing that I found out just a couple of years ago when I was going through this passage um, was that Adam wasn't like somewhere else in the garden and Eve came to him with the fruit. 
Adam was standing right next to her when Eve did this. It wasn't like Eve ate the fruit and then she like ran to Adam and was like, hey, this fruit is so good. Try it. Like Adam was standing right next to Eve when it happened. Um, you can look at, look at the end of verse 6. She gave some to her husband who is with her. And so that's the first example of pretty much someone saying sin is okay. Because Adam was standing right there and didn't say a word, or at least it wasn't recorded. But he did not say a word to Eve saying, don't, no, don't do that. He let it happen. Um, and if you look in Romans 6.23, which, or 3.23, which is the start of the Romans road, which is a very common evangelism tool, a very common, very simple evangelism tool. Um, it says, for the way... Uh, for all of sin to fall short of the glory of God. And so a connection between Genesis 3 and Romans 3 is from Adam and Eve's sin, it destined all of humanity for sin. Look at back at Romans 3.23, for all have sinned to fall short of the glory of God. It's not for some, for for a certain gender or a certain race or a certain group of people, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I want you all to focus on fall short as well. For all have sinned and fall short. That saying that sin causes us to fall short. It's it, we didn't fall short like because of any other any other downfall, any any other choice that we made. It's because of that sin. Um, and what's that next step of the Romans road, Daniel? That would be Romans five eight. That one. It says, "But God proves His own love for us. Now, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." And so. You know, we, we've already established here that sin is wrong and we, we have fallen short. But, and the, you know, the word but is so important here uh, that God did something about it. You know, it, it was sin is so severe that Jesus Christ died. Not only did Christ die, he suffered. He was destroyed on the cross. And it, he did that while we were still sinners, while we were still living in our sin. And we weren't just living in brokenness. We were, I don't even know if I'd want to call it, we were living. We were dead. We were dead in our trespasses. Um, and that's that's proves just, first of all, how loving God is, but also how powerful God is. That he, even though he has said he is without sin, he still makes it possible and he, he made a way so that dead people could come back to life and be with him. Right. And then after Romans 5, 8, um, the next step is Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the first seven words of that verse, for the wages of sin is death. So a little word breakdown. Wages is something you earn because of an action you, you, you did, you, you achieved. And like at work, you have wages. You get paid for the work you did. Um, and here, the work we did was sin. And our wages because of that was death. Um, and I want you all to focus on that. It, it doesn't say, for the wages of sin is brokenness. For the wages of sin is despair. For the wages of sin is anything else bad. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Think about that for a second. It's death. It's not anything else. Death is the absolute end-all, be-all for sin. Um, and then the... The keyword, but like in verse five or verse five eight, um, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so the gift of God in our sin, because God came down, and He saw us in our sin. Like in Genesis three, God came and He was like, "Where are you?" To Adam and Eve, He said, "Where are you?" Because He wanted them to turn from their sin and and realize what they did wrong. 
he offered them a gift to turn back, just like he offers us the gift to turn back and and turn to that gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, and and sin is so bad that it, it does lead us to that death, and we may not see it immediately, but I promise you one day, if you don't turn back, you will see that eternal death. And it's not mm-hmm. talking about a worldly death right after you sin. No, because we've all sinned before. We know we aren't dead yet. If you're listening to this, you're not dead. Mm-hmm. So you know it's not an immediate death, but one day that death is coming, an earthly death and an, etern- and an eternal death. And even for our flesh, it's an it's an earthly death because we're going to leave this body one day. Yep. And we're going to be up in heaven in our perfect in our perfect body because there won't be any sin in heaven. Praise God for that. Um, but Daniel, I got a question for you. Yeah. Should we keep sinning even though God gave us grace through Jesus? Oh, absolutely not. And you know, you're not the first person to ask that. Uh, Paul was asked that as well in Romans six in verses one and two. He said, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we, who dies to sin, still live in it? You know, first of all, it doesn't make sense to live in sin after you're saved. It it may seem like, you know, it may seem like, oh, yeah, that's a fair point. You know, grace can multiply if I sin even more. But that's just... First of all, it's foolish thinking. Um, and when I say foolish, I, I, I mean that why, if you are experiencing the glory of God, if you are experiencing the greatness of God in your life, why would you turn from that? Because in the end, yes, our soul may be saved from eternal death. But why, 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 why would you want to turn your back to that? There's no point to it. Um, we we are dead to sin, and no matter what, we can't have two lives. There's no such thing as you know, living two lives. There's one life: either living in Christ or living in sin. And living in sin is really just living in death. Um, and in the end, you know, Paul talks about this in another book that he wrote. Uh, that we die to our old selves. We died. But just like Jesus was, we're raised back to life. And we are with God and we are a whole new creation. Not just, you know, still a broken and sinning person. Oh, but that means there's more grace. No. We're, we're striving for holiness, for godliness. And we're turning away from sin. Because that, that is what salvation is. It is preceded, it's faith in Christ and it's preceded and followed by repentance of sin. And in our entire lives, we're, we're living apart from sin because we are dead to it. So. Yeah, and, and along with like it doesn't make sense, like you were saying, um, it's really uh, an act of disrespect to God. Um, because if we say, oh yeah, I know Jesus died for me to take me away from the sin, but I'm still going to live in it because there's grace. Why are you going back to that sin that you know Jesus died and suffered to save you from? Mm-hmm. That makes, that's disrespectful. And like you said, it makes no sense. And it's pr- pretty much we're spitting in Jesus and God's face saying, yeah, I know you died for me, but I don't need it because I love sin. And I want to stay in this life that I love so much. 
Um, but I've got news for you people. That life does not last. Mm-hmm. It's going to last 100 years max, maybe 110 if you're lucky. But after that 100, 110 years is over, where are you going to be? Are you going to be in hell or are you going to be in heaven? I know we just took it real deep right there, but I want you all yeah. to think about that and think about what your lives reflect. Do they reflect the life of Christ or a life of sin? You can't have both. It's one or the other. Um, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in a short minute. Yep. Welcome back. And we're going to jump right into the most important part of this episode. And for that, I'm going to hand it over to Luke here. All right, guys. Um, right now, I just want to hit on a big, big dividing line that the American church does not define very well. Um, and I've I've said it many times. I've fallen victim to it. There, I know hundreds, even thousands of people that have fallen victim to this. And I want to talk about sin leaving us dead versus sin leaving us broken. Um, and there's a huge difference. It might not seem that way, but there's a huge difference. Um, last summer at camp, we talked about sin leaving us broken. That was one of our day, our theme days. And we used the example of like a flower pot, like the flower pot is broken. And in the flower pot's power, it cannot put itself back together, just like we can't put ourselves back together. But God can come in and put us back together and still use us for the purpose we were made for. And while that is a wonderful picture of what God does with us, from our sinful state back to um, who we are in him. It's not a perfect example. And it really just no perfect example for God taking us out of sin because it's such an amazing act of love and an act of compassion that we can't express it in one little symbol. But sin leaving us broken is only part of it. Sin breaks us, but sin leads us to death. Um, and I heard this story from my buddy Cameron O'Daniel, famous plug, go listen to six minute sermons as well. Just a short, short little Bible passage every day. He analyzes it and talks about it. Go listen to that. But I want to talk about one I heard last week that he did. He shared a story of another um, picture of like how, how Jesus comes in and saves us. And he talks about, so we all know that um, we all think we've all heard the story that we're, in, we're drowning in a lake or drowning in the ocean. And Jesus throws the life preserver and we grab it and he pulls us back in. But that's not how it actually is. We were dead bones in the bottom of the ocean and Jesus came down, picked those bones up and brought breathe life back into us to make us live again. It wasn't like we, we just reached out for the life preserver because we saw it and it was our last chance of hope. It was, we were dead already. We were destined for that death. There's an, we weren't just broken. Um, and I know I've said that a lot already, but I just want to make sure y'all get that aspect of faith and the aspect of the gospel that sin left us broken. Referring back to Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. It doesn't say the wages of sin is brokenness. It says the wages of sin is death. And I don't I don't want to die forever. Do you, Daniel? I don't want no. to die forever. We don't. And I don't want you to die either. If you're listening to this episode, I, I'm talking to you right now personally. I don't want you to die forever. So come to Christ. Talk to us. Talk to somebody about it so you can get out of that sinful life. Um and I think we the reason the American church has has kind of misconstrued that term is because we want to make the gospel seem like less radical and, and more nice, so to speak, to those who like don't understand it, don't know what the gospel is about. But that's not what the gospel should be done with. Should be done with the gospel. Um, we should be preaching the gospel for what it is, and if someone accepts it, 
Praise the Lord. If they don't accept it, that's on them. All we can do is preach what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And if the Bible says the wages of sin is death, that we should preach the wages of sin is death, not the wages of sin is brokenness. And that is a dangerous road. It is a slippery slope. And if we start misconstruing these small little terms, it's going to turn to worse and worse. We've already seen some aspects of that that have wrecked the church's reputation. But I want you all to get this when I say sin did not just leave us broken and left us dead. And that's that's my little soapbox for this episode. I might get on, on another one later. My voice just cracked twice. This is great. Um, I might get on soapboxes later on this episode. Or you know, If you all know me, I'm going to get on one probably every episode. But that's my little soapbox for this. Sin did not just leave us broken and left us dead. So that's that. Yep. And we got to remember that God hates sin uh, no matter what. You don't believe us? Let's uh, talk about a few uh, passages that, that God explicitly says where he hates sin. Um, for one I want to read to you right now is Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities are separating you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not listen. Yeah, another reference is Psalm 97.10. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. And there's many more where that came from. Uh, I'm just going to name a few. Uh, we're not going to read them all out, but just name a few references. If you want to write them down and remember them, uh, we have Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. Uh, Psalm 11, verse 5. Proverbs 8, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. And 1 John 1, verse 6. Um, and all this is to get at the idea that God hates sin. He is without sin. And whether we're talking about the Old Covenant or the New Covenant, Old Testament, New Testament, God is the same. He has always hated sin. Ever since Genesis 3, he has hated sin. And ever since sin entered the world, we have been dead. We have been dead in our sin. And God isn't all all love. You know, we, we hear that God is love. God is love. Yes, God is so loving and amazing in his mercy. But he's not he's not going to let you fall back into sin because he loves you. No, he's going to he's going to rip you out of your sin and it's going to be very uncomfortable. He's going to do that because he loves you. Love is not all, you know, unicorns and flowers and rainbows. <laughs> it is it is it is real stuff that we're talking about here. It is, you know, physically having to pull us out of the, the dirt because we we got knocked over and it's not going to be pretty. Um, it's not love isn't always just so pretty. It's tough. Um, but you know what? It's it's so worth it because guess what? We're not dead. We are alive. And that is what matters. It doesn't matter that. That, you know, yeah, this life may be rough, but you know what? Uh, to go against the words of famous preacher Joel Osteen, our best life is not now. You know, our best life is yet to come. And that best life will last forever and ever. And you know what? Yeah, our worst life is now. But it's totally, totally worth it. Right. Um, and another, that just brings me back to one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. 
It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. And Daniel, like you were saying, how God rips us out of that sinful past, out of that sinful flesh. That's what this verse says. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. So pretty much what that's saying is God took us away from that old self. We are not a sinful person. I mean, our flesh is still sinful, but our heart should not desire that anymore. If you're truly in Christ, it it shouldn't and, and doesn't. Because once you sin, you know, you feel awful about it. And every time I sin, I'm like, dang, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? I was I was I was dumb. I was ignorant. I was stupid because I know what's right and I know what I need to do. And I did not do that. Um, but one other like kind of thing that the church is misconstrued is like, oh, yeah, God loves you. And you talked about this a little bit, Daniel, but like God loves you and he wants a, he wants a better life for you. And like Joel Osteen said, your better life is now. No, God loves you, but it's a radical love. It's a love that doesn't make sense. It's a love that 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 we can't understand because it's such a radical, it's such a huge, it's such a agape love that it's endless, it's unconditional, it's reckless. Like like Corey Asbury's song, it's a reckless love. It's a love that will go go across any border, across any obstacle, across anything that stop, that separates us from Him to reach us and pull us out. Like I don't, I don't know if y'all understand this. God does not want us to be in that sin. He may let us be in it for a while so we can learn that it's not good, but ultimately God doesn't want us to be in there. It was it is because of our own doing that we were in that sin. God doesn't want us to stay in there. His heart breaks every time someone dies without him, without knowing him, and mm-hmm. he goes to hell. His heart breaks. And I don't want his heart to break for you. I don't want my heart to break for you because you you said, Yeah, I'm in Christ and I'm sinning now because he saved me and there's grace. That's not what the gospel is about. Yes, there's grace. Yes, that grace saved you from sin. But that grace did not save you from sin just to throw you back in that lifestyle. Verse 17 in 2 Corinthians 5, that new creation should be a complete radical life change because of the radical love. Um, and just keep that in mind as you live your daily life, as you do your quiet times and go through your spiritual disciplines, prayer, devotion, um, spreading the gospel, whatever it is. God loves you, but he loves you enough to pull you out of that sin, not to say, oh, yeah, you're comfortable there. I'm going to leave you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sin, yes, it's fun, but it's not worth an eternity in hell. Sin may be fun for 80 years of your life, but once those 80 years are up, boom, it's over. That fun is over forever, and you don't get a chance to come back. That's how important, that's how how radical, that's how intense this sin is, and that's how much we should like really focus on trying to get out of the sin. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. I could go on a lot longer, but I'm just going to cut it here because I don't want to get on another soapbox or two <laughs> or three. But we're going to transition now to our missional moment. We did this last week, but Daniel's got another people group for us this week to pray for. So, Daniel, who's our, who's our people group this week? Uh, today, we have the Bedouin people in Saudi Arabia. Um, <clears throat> so, basically, you know, I think I said this last week. I'll say it again. Every week, we're going to pray for an unreached people group. And an unreached people group is one that, uh, first of all, as a whole, is very far from God. They have very few people who are adherent to the gospel. They have very few people who uh, follow God and who 
know, know Jesus Christ and have turned away from sin and are actively seeking to share this gospel with their fellow people. And in the end, uh, what we want is when a people group is reached, that they have the adequate tools to reach their own people. Um, that's when we know that they're reached, when they have the gospel and they're sharing it with their own people. And we see that growth. We see people turning to Christ in that. And so with the Bedouin people in Saudi Arabia, there's over a million people there. Um, there are very few people, very few of those people know Christ. Uh, just a few are like are adhering to the gospel. Um, of, among most Bedouin around the North African Middle East region, there are no believers. Um, but we, we, there are a few that you know, we've heard of from, from the country of Saudi Arabia. And to be a Bedouin is to be a Muslim. And if you want to be a Bedouin, you can't follow anything else. You just gotta, uh, you just gotta follow uh, Islam. And it's something that we see in a lot of people groups where uh, they they try to keep their people all together and in one religion or one faith. And if you decide to go with anything else, bye, you're out of here. Um, we see that with Bedouins. Um, so we're going to, we're going to pray here for the Bedouins and then we're going to, uh, get ready to close this out. So let's talk to the Lord. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we, we praise you for this, this gospel that, uh, that brings the dead back to life. Lord, we have seen that. We have seen people who have been dead in their sin, who have been so far from you. Uh, our friends, our family, all those around us, we all are dead, but but you, you, God, you demonstrated your love that, that Christ died while we were still in our sin. And Lord, there are still so many people in this world who, who are living in their sin. There are so many Bedouins who are far from you over a million people in saudi arabia the bedouin people group are they, they don't know you and they are destined to be separated forever and ever god may that not be so please send missionaries please send people with this gospel who are dedicated to to your word to your to your truth may we see a revival may we see a growth of of, of people who who don't want to live in sin and who want to live for you, who want to be alive. And God, I know from your word and that there will be a day when all people are represented in heaven, all people praising your name forever and ever. God, I, I pray that to start with the Bedouin in Saudi Arabia, may you pierce their hearts with the truth. May you speak to them. May we see them turning to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to my good camp friend, Haley Harris. She did a great job helping us with our new logo. Um, Y'all see it on, on our Instagram page, on the podcast page, on Spotify, or any other platform you listen to it. But she did that logo from a pretty funny picture we took of each other that <laughs> that we sent to her and she did a great job. Um, her Instagram handle is at made by Hales. 
M-A-D-E-B-Y-H-A-L-E-S. And go give her a follow. Go check out her page. Go check out the artwork she does. It's a fantastic, fantastic thing she does. And I'm glad she could help us out with it. Yeah. So I want to close here with uh, just reading our theme verse of 2 Corinthians 2.4, uh, just to remember why we are doing this. It says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not so that you would be made sorrowful, but that you might know the love which I have especially for you. And that's why we do this. We do this because we love you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bible Belt Bros. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bible Belt Bros Pod. Ask us questions and tell us how we can be praying for you. Until next time, be blessed in the Lord.